0: His holy name. Like name. This afternoon's catechesis will be with Father Gladstone of Clare Priory.
1: I worship your holy
0: name. Thank you for joining us with Radio Maria. We're here at Clare Priory and the congregation is sitting down and they're getting ready for it oh, we've got Father Gladson debris and he is there I got to talk to him a bit beforehand and he is oh he 's a, a young priest only ordained just a few years ago and currently he 's getting ready after the talk we will have a short adoration which we hope you join us with and a final blessing. We have a lot of people here from Clare Priory, from the village of Clare, and it's been a delight to have lunch with them and have some time here to pray, to reflect on Mary, our mother, and to continue our consecration to Jesus through Mary. If you haven't visited Clare Priory, it's certainly a lovely place to visit. It's on the ruins of... a of the old uh, friary, and they've rebuilt it and added an extension to their church. So they're just taking their seats now. There's a lot of, it's lovely to see some Radio Maria volunteers here as well. Camilla is here, uh, a man named Stephen, who was part of another program, is here. Oh, and Father Gladson is ready. Thank you for joining us.
2: Brothers and sisters, welcome to our Mother of Council Church here in Grand Friday. We welcome also the listeners of Radio Maria around the world who are listening to this broadcast and those who are gathered here in person. Today we are celebrating a great feast, called feast of our salvation because this is the day when we celebrate the conception, the conception of our Mother. She is the one who kept, sea, kept free from all the stains of sin that we are wounded by. The Lord has set us free by His own passion, death, and resurrection. And so if you would like to stand with me as we listen to the passage of the Gospel, the Lord be with you. A from the Gospel of St. John. On the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the marriage with his disciples. When the wine failed, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, oh woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now six stone jars were standing there, for the jewish rites of purification each holding 20 or 30 gallons jesus said to them fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim. he said to them now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast so they took it when the steward of the feast tasted the water now become wine, and did not know where it came from though the servants who had drawn the water knew the steward of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, "Every man serves the good wine first, and when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ."
2: As a child, I used to go to church every day with my maternal grandmother used to live with us. Even to date, the mass in my home parish takes place is celebrated at 6.30 in the morning. When here in England probably sometimes I'm still in bed, but my people in my hometown are already up and ready and they go for mass. The church is full and packed to the brim. That every person almost in that village attends the Mass. Even those who go to school, those who go to their workplaces, always go for Mass and then go to their whatever daily chores or duties. I used to attend Mass with my grandmother every single day. And even today, it is something that always sticks with me because I would walk with her in my shops. But then, it used to be quite cold early in the morning and sometimes the winters at the time were quite severe. Sometimes it just to And she would always hold, close to my, hold me close to her and we would walk to the church. One fine morning, it was very cold. I didn't have any warm clothes of myself, but my grandmother used to wear a long veil that was something worn by the widows at the time. And it was a long white veil. And she took me and put me under that veil and we walked to the church. Her will was able to cover me enough, but not enough to cover my feet. And it was quite cold and pitiful. As we entered the church, as she always did, she went to the Shrine of Our Lady. She stood there, and she looked at me. I was just six or seven years old, and she said to me, son, look at her. She is your mother and my mother. What she has on her head, is a long, beautiful white whale, just like I wear. But my whale cannot protect you. But go to her. Her whale will always protect you and keep you safe. The mantle that my grandmother passed me from her mantle to the mantle of our lady always remained with me, very close to my heart. In life, however, when things become difficult and painful, when I lost my way and wandered off from the church, I eventually, when I was out there, I always remembered the words of my grandmother. But somehow did not have courage to come back to the church. The scandals and the difficulties that we had faced in the church and continue to face today always put me off from coming closer to God and the church. Because I was standing there and blaming everybody else for everything else that was happening never taking my own responsibility for my own spiritual nourishment. Life is still hard and still, still difficult. But I stand before you today as your priest, as your shepherd who leads you to the flock, to the heavenly kingdom. And then as a priest today, I always run to her to her eternal mantle when things become hard and difficult. But most of the times I don't do it for myself but I do it for those who have been given to my care. I go to her and I ask her always, Mama, listen to this cry. This person is suffering, you've got to do something for them. Things continue to be difficult. And a lot of times when I go to Jesus, I go to him in the blessed sacrament, I need him mass, and I say to him, Jesus, so and so person needs your intervention. So and as so a person needs your touch and you must do something. And when I realized nothing is happening, I said to him, Jesus, now are you going to do something or shall I go to your mother? <laughs> this is exactly what we see in the wedding feast of Cana. She saw and she was able to notice because she is a mother, she is a woman, she is a wife and she was able to see the pain of this family who was going through difficulty, because wine in their family had finished. And a lot of times wine in our own life also is finished, and we are just filled with water. Because there is no color, there is no joy, there is no enthusiasm in our life. And that is when Mary goes to him and says, Son, my son or my daughter, wine is finished from your life, I am going to do something. Today obviously he doesn't tell her, woman, what that has to do with you and I. My time has not come. Today he is ready to listen to his mother because he knows what he is capable of. But there is a mother who goes to him and says, Son, the wine is finished. And he basically brushes her off, saying, My time hasn't come. But she does not give up. She stands still and she tells the stewards, do what he tells you. Basically, she's telling him, you will do what I say, because I am your mother. <laughs> Even today in heaven, she tells him that I am your mother, and look what I've gone through because I am your mother. And you have to now look after my children that you gave me from the cross. Because you entrusted me, all these children, and they are under my mantle. A lot of the times, we go from away from the mantle because of our pain and difficulties and sorrow, but in all these times, Our mother always wipes her back and she tells us, do whatever he tells you. Gospel of John chapter 15 tells us about wine and the branches and how Jesus gives us that parable. He talks about pruning. And you know, the pruning part is so difficult and painful for us because we find it difficult when the pruning comes we find it difficult when we are chopped and turned and twisted when somebody stands on us but this is something that god is asking of us to unite ourselves and join him who is the source of everything it was many fears, many fears that brought salvation to our life but many fears, many fears also brought her from her hidden life to the life that was available to the world. Well. But she does not hesitate. The young virgin says, Let it be done according to your word. She knew life was not going to be easy. She knew that the soul would pierce her very soul, because she saw her beloved flesh, hemmed on the cross, tortured and bleeding to die. She knew the humiliating death that her son had endured, and yet she is courageous. She stays close. She remains silent. She keeps walking. Everything that she sees and hears and feels, she keeps in her heart. She believes. A lot of times in our today's world, when I look at her and I wonder, how is it that she did not have a stroke or a heart attack, keeping all those things in her heart? She did. And she is showing to us that we too are capable of standing by the Lord in our difficulties because she stands by us. She is an active sufferer with Jesus and she unites her suffering with him. The mother becomes a disciple, the queen becomes a servant and now she remains a disciple, discipling other disciples to come to him. She continues to give us the support and the strength god is not ready to give up on us god continues to trust us i'm not sure why i'm crying but we know that it is such a big such a powerful thing when god touches our life in recent times the life has been so difficult the world has been so filled with unhealthy fear and there has been a meltdown the problems that were there somewhere in the background somehow have come to the surface And there is so much of weakness and darkness and pain and humiliation. There is so much of breakdown in relationship and in our hearts. And in all these times, our mother reminds us, do whatever he tells you. What about you? What about me? Problems and difficulties remain part and parcel of our life. That is our normal human behavior, our normal human life. She was without sin and she suffered so much and we who are with sin are much more than we are to suffer. Our marriage is in trouble. Our religious life is difficult. Being Catholic and Christian is challenging because we are always pounded down for our faith. Our job and our lives have become difficult. The children are difficult. The parents are difficult the spouses have become difficult, the friends have become a foe, and then we have lost our loved ones. What do we do? Where do we go? Who do we hold on to in all this? In all this, we must stay close to him because we do not have the ability to solve our problems and difficulties because we cannot give up and run away. Imagine if many had given up and run away. If she had decided to give up on the child in her home, today the salvation of the world probably would not have come to us. What if Joseph hadn't taken her on? She would have been stoned to death. But Mary stays close. She remains firm and thanks be to God for her husband Joseph who remains close to her. We look at the great virgin and we see her faithful role in our life. She keeps going and she continues to do her great work of salvation even from heaven. She is not at rest because she wants each of her children to come to where she is. She has given us the focus and aim so that in our race to eternity we can never give up. Because we can never give up until we have been told, come home, good and faithful servant, receive the crown that is reserved for you. Welcome home, for your name is there in the book of life. The choice then is ours. Decision is in our own hands. We must own it and take it, or leave it. And that's why God has given us a choice. i leave before you today life and death, blessing and curse. And he tells us, even if we are not clever enough to pick the answer, he says, choose life, choose blessing. But what do we do? We choose sometimes death and curses in our life and we sometimes pass them on to the people around us. Because the life of being faithful Christian is not easy. Choosing the right is never easy. Choosing life and love as it is given in the scripture is never easy. There is nothing cool about it. There is no applauding or celebrity status. There is no putting someone on a pedestal. It is painful and challenging. But if we stick to him, then we can gain. And our gain is into eternity into heaven. I always tell the people I minister to wherever I go, that I want to be in heaven, but I cannot go to heaven without you, because what fun will it be if you are not there? The heaven will be incomplete if you do not come. Because the joy that you give to me here on earth will be in completion when we are together in heaven. Here we are on the journey. We are in communion. And that communion is listening to what God has to give us so that we can enter and gaze upon that eternity, that crown that lies ahead of us. Here we are then, at the foot of the cross. Today we are all broken. I don't know where you are at. I don't know what you have come here with. I don't know where you are listening this broadcast from. Maybe you are driving. Maybe you are in your home. Maybe you are in the hospital. Maybe you are just counting your last breaths. Maybe you are just waiting if somebody would cut off that rope and let you go. Maybe you are waiting that somebody would just come and say, your life is finished. But in all this, I just want you to know that God is with you in all these circumstances. He doesn't stay somewhere in heaven, but he suffers with you right here in your flesh. So that your flesh and your soul that is so wounded and hurt,
1: God is able to touch you and transform your life.
2: Here we are. We are called to listen to what he tells us to do. The stewards, even though they were not Christians, they were able to listen To the order or the information given by the Virgin Mother, they did as she said. They listened to him. And as he said, take that water and bring it out and give it to the steward of the house. And what happened? That water was changed into wine. Our water can also change into wine. The meltdown in our relationship can change. Our behavior can change. But all this can happen if we renew our minds. Our minds need to be renewed because a lot of times we are used to taking negativity on. A lot of times we are used to living in victim mode and blaming everything else around us. I preached. But this is something I too need to follow in my life. Because God is telling us that we cannot live as victims but we have to be survivors because our wounds need to be glorified as the wounds of Jesus. Here we are, once again at the foot of the cross, all broken, wounded, hurt, abused, troubled. People have stamped upon us, broken our hearts and our dreams and visions. But when we come to the altar of God, and when we allow God to change and transform our life, that brokenness can be surely changed. I know because I stand before you today. And how many times I have gone to the edge of that mountain and saying, I just want to let go and just finish it. How many times I have hung by that little thread and I just wanted somebody to cut it off. But today I'm here to encourage you if that mother can keep me under her mantle, she is capable of keeping us under her mantle. What do we do? Where do we go? And a lot of times we have allowed ourselves to be grown by the net of this world. And we are so much into the world that the world is confusing us because the world is confused. Look at Mary, she is not confused. She is clear in her mind, in her mission, and in her aim. She knows who she is and where she is going. Who are you? Where are you going? What is your decision about life? Because if we do not know who we are and where we are going, then we can never achieve that salvation unless we know who we are. A lot of times we behave like beggars, but we are not children of Father who is a beggar, but our Father in heaven is a mighty God who is able to provide us. He is the King of kings and the King and creator of this universe. Then how do we approach that God? Is it as beggars or as children?
1: as prince and princesses, as children who are adopted in a spiritual
2: way. Because adoption in a physical way can finish here, but adoption in a spiritual way is everlasting. It is God who loves us and wishes to transform our life. She goes to him because she knows that he can transform. We might have gone to people, situations and circumstances in our life who must have told us, that do this and do that. We must allow ourselves to be groomed into the ideologies and the false religions of this world. We must have misunderstood our faith and falsely catechized or evangelized. And that is where we must have missed our direction. The navigation might have gone wrong. But let us re navigate ourselves. Let us come to her. Because she is able to re navigate us to her son. She stands by the cross. She is humble enough to accept the death of her son and she knows what is the final destination. She does not scream and shout. She does not hurl abuses. She does not get bitter, but she remains silent. She remains prayerful and composed way. Many of you might be mothers here. And as mothers, you know, if somebody comes near your child, what would you do? But look at her. She remains strong because she knows that God is capable of changing and transforming him. As we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, then Jesus is ready to receive us as we receive Him. But how have we received Him? Because she is a tabernacle which carries Jesus. She is the Ark of the Covenant who takes Henry Jesus and visits Elizabeth. She too comes to visit us. In our hearts and to visit us to our hearts so that the presence of Jesus can be felt in a greater way. But how do we receive Jesus? At what condition do we receive Jesus? A lot of times because of the false catechism, many people have received Jesus in a wrong way, in a sinful state. And that is where they have not been able to realize the power, the transformation that Christ can give through his body, blood, soul and divinity. Therefore we need to change. We need to have conversion and transformation in our life. But we cannot convert and transform unless we encounter Christ. And encountering Christ is something that we need to do. Because we cannot remain in crutches. We need to be set free so that we can run to that grace that St. Paul talks about. We need to take example of many on earth. There are difficulties in life. There are troubles in our life. But we are called to remain faithful because he is the God who fulfills the promises. That's why in Jeremiah 39:11 he says, Behold, I have plans and purposes for you, plans for your good and not for your disaster. And in Romans 8:28 he reminds us that all things work for good. All things work for good. Things probably haven't worked for good for us at times. But we just need to trust in the Lord. Trust in those prophecies in our life. Trust in the message of the scripture in our life. Because Christ is ready to change and transform us. It is Christ alone who changes us. Mary had that confidence in Him. Our mother church has full confidence in Him. And that's why she has provided us with this beautiful season of prayer. Of penance, of answering. wherein we can once again come to experience the presence of God. Because Advent, like Lent, is also time of penance. It is a joyful waiting for the Lord. And that's why Augustine calls him Christus Medicus, Christ the Doctor. Christ is the one who can transform the water in our life into wine. It is Christ who can change us and prune us and heal us. Augustine says that he wounds us so that he can heal us. Advent, then, is a special time. And I'm glad you're taking this opportunity to come to Jesus and receive his healing in your life. So that he can cleanse the temple, that is the Spirit's temple. Holy Spirit who lives in our life can change and transform us. Jesus is the center of our life. There can be, there can be no better place than the Eucharist. Where we can remain as if under the foot of the cross. Where glorified Lord can stand and say, it. Behold, she is my mother, take her home. And behold, mother, this is your son, that's your daughter, take him home. And I know if we can take her home today, our life will be surely transformed. If we can allow a mantle to play a role in our life, then we too can be like Mary, standing still, remaining faithful, and always trusting that he can do far beyond than we can imagine. We can participate in this mystery. This has opened the door of salvation for us. So let us come to Him today, let us recommit our life with a firm decision, that we wish to follow Him faithfully. And a lot of times the problem with us Catholics is that we are baptized, but we are not catechized or evangelized. And therefore the message of Scripture does not speak to us, the teachings of the Church do not help us because the evangelization hasn't taken place, encounter is limited. And then our worship becomes worthless. Our religiosity is just rituals. And then piety becomes false piety. And then we cannot have conversion and transformation. Our life then cannot be filled with fire. Then we cannot be fired to others. As Christians, we are supposed to be fired so that others can see there is something happening and they can be transformed and come to experience and taste that new life. That Christ gives us. My job here is to sow the seeds, to bring you to the living waters and remind you, drink it once again so that the Lord can transform your life. Let us look at him. He suffers, he hangs on the cross and yet he does not give up on his mother because he knows that his mother did not give up on him. Are we giving up? Are we giving up on our relationship, on our family, on our children, on our friends? It is very easy to give up. But then God can transform and heal it. And this is the time we need to just allow God to take control. Let go and let God, because only God can change and transform our lives so that we can remain His constant companions under His cross and carry that weight of the cross. And it is that journey that Christ calls us. In our brokenness, he gives us hope in this season of Advent that he too can take flesh in our life so that in our life streams that are so broken and shattered, that probably are so wounded, he can still come and really it bright another world so that our hearts can sing glory to God in the highest," so that our woundedness can be transformed. Even though journey might seem dark and difficult, even though our navigation system might have failed, Even though we might have been misled, and those around us who were supposed to help us have broken us. We might have been responsible for our own heartbreak. But Jesus is here to heal us. He is the one to show the salvation to those shepherds who were rejected and on the margins of the society. He is the one who is ready to speak to the hearts of the Magis who were just taken people who came to hear him first do whatever he tells you this is her statement that rings throughout the salvation history because she believed that her god was a powerful god who could do everything that we needed to be done in our life because he does whatever he wishes to do for us his will is always there to be transforming our life and that's why every time we pray our Father, we can say, Lord, let your will be done. And that is where we are called to unite our wills to Him. Today, let us come to Him. Let us run in the arms of our loving Father. As Mary, the mother of Christ, runs to the Father God, knowing that He is able to do everything. She is a daughter of the eternal Father, mother of the eternal Son. And the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, He is there to advocate and comfort on our behalf. We might be tired and we might be exhausted. We might not even have words to say anything. But in all that, the Spirit of the Lord can groan and call up our Father. Mary then, then stands with a mantle, inviting us to come, and she then reminds us, "Don't say with me." Go to Him. Do whatever He tells you. Let us ask the Lord to give us the chance. Give us that opportunity so that we can experience His powerful presence in our life. May many continue to intercede for us. May that powerful solemnity of Immaculate conception be the reality in our life. May the world take flesh in our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen
0: now they're going to we invite you to join us for some time of adoration Father Stefan, one of our trustees at Radio Maria is going to play and lead us in some music
3: When Father Gladstone brings out the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. we will uh, sing number 10, Jesus be the centre
2: So we are going to have uh, personal uh, blessings, it is the time of healing service in we will be having blessings. I May mean, I request you if you can come forward with the first views so that you know I'm going to go along with the church. You just come as if you're coming and you take I mean, the first views, receive the blessing, and then go back so that the others can take turns. Okay? So I will mean, just use so the Father is
0: giving cross, the... And
2: Jesus comes to you,
0: the lovely folks, the pilgrims Jesus in a way, giving them instructions on how to come and get a blessing. And so, Oh, it's been so lovely to have you with us here as well, listeners, taking this pilgrimage as well to Clare Priory, offering ourselves and this day and time to Mary. This is Radio Maria, and you're joining us from Clare Priory. That was Father Gladson Debrie and his final talk for their retreat that's happening today in Clare Priory. Father Gladson is preparing the monstrance now. He's headed over to the tabernacle to take the blessed Eucharist out. Okay. And let us sing. congregation is taking some time. Taking some time with Jesus. He's here with us. And I'm glad you're here with us as well. He is in the form, the physical form of the Eucharist. These last 33 days, you've been journeying us here with Radio Maria and our consecration to Jesus through Mary. And like Father Gladson said, we come to her because she can she knows and whatever she asks of the Lord.
3: If you'd like to start to come forward into the first pews, uh, so that Father Gladson not to the very front but to the the one behind so you can kneel and um, Father Glasson can come and give you individual blessings.
0: Well, while the blessings are going on...
3: And once you've had your blessing, if you could uh, move... I'd like God. to share
0: some of the prayers that we've been saying over these last over these last 33 days with our consecration to Jesus. Let's hear the Father's stuff on...
3: Let all who are thirsty out oh, to the... Salus honor virtus coque. Sit benedictio. Procedenti aburcho. Gladson is
0: now showing the Eucharist, doing one final blessing on all the congregation and on you, our listeners. He's bowing before the Eucharist, and now he's
3: preparing to return. Oh, sacrament, Lieutenant. most holy! Oh, sacrament! Sacrament Maria. thank you all listening. Thank
1: you, oh, thank you. Thank you Father Stephen.
3: Oh. Thank you, Mary. Oh,
0: thank you, Mary. It's right. Thank you all for joining us for this celebration, this time, and thank you, Father Gladson, for a beautiful, beautiful message. For our listeners, do stay tuned. Mary's celebration doesn't end right now. At 3 o'clock, we'll be broadcasting Holy Hour. I think it might be from Our Lady of Walsingham. I'll let let Elizabeth tell you that later. But do join us for the Divine Mercy Chaplet and the Rosary. At 5 p.m. today, we will continue our consecration to Jesus through Mary. At 5 p.m., join us for the Rosary. It'll be the glorious mysteries this evening. Join us along and all the volunteers and the people that come in person to St. Lawrence on Milton Road in Cambridge. At 6 p.m. will be our consecration mass to Mary. Do join us. Afterwards, if you're in person at St. Lawrence, do join us for reception afterwards in the hall. It'll be a light reception. The windows will be open. The door will be open. And the warmth of the Holy Spirit will be there and in fellowship as well. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at Clare Priory in Suffolk in the Diocese of East Anglia. Thank you to Father Stephen Park, for Father Gladson, for all those brothers and sisters and friars here at the Priory. And thank you, thank you for listening to Radio Maria. Elizabeth, it's all yours. Thank you, Helena and Charles, and everyone who went to Clare Priory for your tremendous effort. Thank you to Father Stefan Park, the prior of Clare Priory, and thank you for Father to Father Glad- Gladson Dabray for that wonderful talk, followed by adoration and songs and prayer. Oh my soul, oh my soul,
1: worship his whole-
0: This afternoon's catechesis will be with Father Gladstone of Clare Priory.